Peter. Peanut butter Peter. Hello and welcome to the Too Much Free Time podcast. A movie-based podcast. Movie-based. Wow, I can't speak right now. This is a rough start. Movie-based podcast <laughs> where we watch terrible or enjoyable movies and let you know if they're worth your free we time. We watch movies. Why does he always have to interrupt me while I'm talking about <laughs> stuff? <laughs> I tried to explain something. He's, he's trying to beat you me. to the punch. Uh, with me, as always, are Peter Blankenship <laughs> and John Girdler. And uh, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Mark Burris. You need no introduction. Thank you, Peter. Uh, tonight's episode was my pick. And even though in the last episode I said I wouldn't do it, I felt like we needed closure and completion on the Gary Marshall trilogy. So I did pick New Year's Eve. He's done it, everyone. I feel like we should pull the clip from the last episode. Where it's when me you're saying, like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Is there a soundbite or something <laughs> we can use? I wish we could pull up a soundbite. Because then I, we got I, the text and it's like, yeah, it's uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I mean, Gary Marshall only made three of these. I imagine he wanted to make more, but he's he's not with us anymore. R.I.P. Oh, is he not? No, yeah, he's dead. I didn't know that. He and yeah, Dick his, Clark. Oh. His, oh, yeah, Dick Clark finally, finally died. Yeah. Which, before we get into this movie, let's talk about New Year's Eve in general. And I, for one hate how long they dragged dick clark in front of the camera for the ball drop that man needed to be at home resting he looked like he was dying in front of us the last couple times they did it oh you mean the actual new year no yeah i'm talking about the actual new year's (laughs) eve he didn't show up in this movie i was wondering if they were going to bring him out and that was going to make me sad because i mean he was he was rough he was uh he's not doing too well towards the end um yeah they i thought it was they John, why don't you can John do an impersonation of Dick Clark towards the end of his career? Oh no, I I don't want any of us to try that. That's so risky. I think it would just be offensive. <laughs> It'd be super <laughs> offensive. The man had like six strokes. Um, and he was still doing it. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys? We talked about Mother's Day and Valentine's Day in the last two podcasts for this. In terms of the holidays themselves, you know, are you guys big New Year's Eve fans? I am. I I enjoyed a good New Year's Eve party. You know, some of us like dressing up, you know, maybe <laughs> grabbing a gal or two, <laughs> one on each arm. And uh has that I happened? think my dream is to <laughs> <laughs> No. That's that's why I said some of us, then not not me. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I I've always wanted to go to a rooftop New Year's Eve party. That's kind of a, a goal of mine. I feel like that's one an achievable achievable goal. I agree. At the same time, and it's it's I'm being a bummer with this, but at the same time, it's going to be really cold on a roof. <laughs> it depends on where you are, <laughs> but you're most likely right. That's good. But be. yeah, New Year's Eve full of possibilities in the new year. You know, new year, new me. Do you do resolutions? No. Yeah, I, I don't really do resolutions either. I mean, I all like they're not as much resolutions as they're certain goals I I kind of want to reach through the year, but I was going to do anyway. I didn't necessarily need a start date. You know what I mean? You're naturally ambitious. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm naturally apathetic. I'm trying <laughs> to be ambitious. Oh, it's that other A word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, Peter, what about you? I think I side a little bit more with Ashton Kutcher. So you truly hate New Year's Eve? Well, he's the only one that's kind of... No one's ambivalent about it. They either like everyone loves it, and then there's Aston Kutcher. I would argue Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel because they don't even really. The, the only time they acknowledge it's New Year's Eve is because 
the money thing. Like they don't talk about how excited they are about New Year's Eve. They're preoccupied with a baby. I thought they were pretty excited. I mean, yeah, you know, like, okay, throw that storyline in there and this movie sucks with that <laughs> anyway. So like probably one of the worst. But storyline was horrible. Yeah. You know, we don't even know if they like it or not. It's hard to say. But all the characters that do talk about it, they all love it except him. And I'm just kinda whatever. I'll I like the parties, but it's not like, oh, new year, new Pete. It's like, no, it's uh, same old Pete, and I still write everything from last year. Every every New Year's, I hope I'm a I'm a new Pete. <laughs> <laughs> new Year, new Pete for me, man. Uh, it's a lot of Petes. Yeah, I don't know. Just like midnight happens. Well, it already happened since we're Central Time, and so we've already seen the ball drop in New York. So they're already in the New Year. I've seen it happen, and then they replay it for us an hour later and I'm supposed to care <laughs> again. You don't yeah, care though, like all that you get nervous like right before midnight, you know, all the possibilities of oh, the new year. I thought you were be like, you know, you don't know if the world's going to end. It's like, <laughs> oh, does time run up right when the ball drops? Like, ah, oh, is this the moment? And then we have the music note. I don't think the world would end on New Year's Eve. Why? That'd Why be, not? That'd be pretty interesting. It almost did Y2K. Y2K. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> I was hunkered in a basement with uh, freeze-dried food that would last a lifetime. I wish I was. My parents didn't care. If the world had ended that day, we would have been screwed. Um, I mean, every, everyone would have been screwed. <laughs> Touche. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the uh, one of the things they keep bringing up in this movie that I, I maybe it's just like a cultural thing of something I've never experienced, but they constantly bring up the, like, who are you going to kiss at midnight? That's never really been... Something that I've ever thought about it, New Year's Eve, of who am I going to kiss at midnight? Really? That's a thing. It's totally a thing. I I guess I just never really thought about it, or maybe I've never really heard it at the parties I've gone to yeah, before. I don't, not to put us in certain groups of individual... Are we a bad pe- sample size, you would say? Yeah, I don't think we're the appropriate group. Are you, so we're just lonely nerds, just no one to kiss at midnight kind of thing? I mean, you have me. <laughs> you want me to new new year I've new Pete? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gal on each arm. I just don't know which one to kiss. <laughs> That's pretty. They good. end up kissing each other, and I'm the odd man out. <laughs> and I'm the odd man out. I feel weird and um, slightly aroused. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's uh, let's jump into the story. Did any of you write down the monologue that Hillary Swank gives at the begin? How this movie opens with like a it's. It's a weird kind of thing of saying the only way we know humanity is truly Yeah, as we all come together on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Which I feel like that's bad. (laughs) It's awful. It's so bad. It's one of those speeches where it sounds nice at first. You're like, oh, that's sweet. We all care. Wait, we only care about each other once? On New Year's Eve? At the end of the year? It's like, like, yeah, okay, it's a big holiday on my calendar, but I think... I don't, it's not Christmas. We're not spending time with family. Yeah. You're, how do you feel connected with people? This movie, the whole time through, I was just thinking it's an advertisement for New York. 100%. They're just like, New York. Oh, it's New York. New York's great. Have you ever tried Newark instead of New York? Or like... Oh, when, the, when Abigail Breslin says like the city's not... Or the city's a scary place. Yeah, and you're afraid or something. And then the guy's just like, have you ever been to Newark? But yeah, Shot everyone at New just Jersey. kept talking about how awesome New York was. 
Yeah. Oh, speaking of advertisements, though, did you guys see a lot of times in the Times Square shots? Did you guys see what was being advertised in different things? Like, I only caught one clearly, and it was the uh, this dates the movie, obviously the Sherlock Holmes sequel. What was it? I saw Game that of too. Shadows was yeah. that the uh-huh. sequel? That was like a big poster on uh, Times Square. Uh, speaking of New York, though, too, I think it's interesting how these movies went. So the first movie is Valentine's Day. So that's set in L.A. Second movie is New Year's Eve, New York, and then Mother's Day is Atlanta. And in <laughs> retrospect, that makes Mother's Day really kind of interesting how they jumped around from city to yeah, city. Yeah, real there. chill. Real chill. But yeah, so the movie opens up with Hillary Swank giving that speech about how important New Year's Eve is. And um, where this is where we're slowly start to be introduced to the characters because Hillary Swank is the vice president of the Times Square Alliance, which I didn't know was a thing. Yeah. Um, she's pretty young to have that role, I feel like, too. I, I, well, she's vice president. And she's won two Oscars. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and then her whole deal is she has to get the ball ready for the ball drop and uh, deal with like the press and stuff like that. For Or I guess it's not just the ball drop. It seemed like she was organizing the whole... New Year's Eve ceremonies, like in Times Square, like she. It was just the ball, though. Really. Well, they focused on the ball, but she drops hints later that she hired uh, Bon Jovi's character, and uh, who's not playing himself. I'm going to come back to that. That bothered me yeah. more than it should, especially when other people are playing themselves. Right. Um, but yeah, and then she has the sidekick of Ludacris. I. Okay, I'm not going to hate on Ludacris at all because I love that man, and I'm going to tell you something right now. I respect the shit out of him being in this movie because think about it. You know he only filmed for like two days. How much money do you think he got for doing nothing? He got to sit in a police officer costume, which... Is he just supposed to be an officer, I don't or is know. he or like the, the head com- of security yeah. I, or the commissioner? We don't know. <laughs> I was hoping he was the police commissioner because I was like, "This is incredible." <laughs> he Ludacris? don't give a shit. Detective Ludacris. <laughs> Detective Ludacris. <laughs> oh man! But think about it. He got paid to do nothing. That's amazing. Great on Luda. I mean, I guess Hard it's just like him. his character from Crash. Decided to try to do something about his negativity, and now he's police commission. <laughs> I drew that parallel. You drew that parallel. But yeah, so he's <laughs> hanging around with Hillary Swank to help her get everything ready. How do they know each other? They just say they're friends. None of the connections are clearly set up, except for Sarah Jessica Parker and Zac Efron are uh, brother, brother and sister. sister. Kucher um, and Efron are roommates. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about uh, that. Oh, that's right. They don't really come back to that. After oh, introducing they it, they do yes. in the uh, they do in the blooper reel because oh. four of them are at the party together. Swank and De Niro. Oh yeah, the Swank and De Niro is the big reveal. Spoiler, spoiler alert! But from the Hillary Swank ludicrous introduction is where we get the quick glimpse of Michelle Pfeiffer's almost hit by a taxi, which she tries to make is like the breaking point. I feel like they could have filmed that scene a little bit better to make it seem like the breaking point. It seemed more of like they could have substituted it with the car had a puddle and she got like sprayed because it wasn't that close. (laughs) So it didn't seem that life threatening. God, could this day get any worse? Yeah, (laughs) it seemed like that. Not like, oh, my gosh, I almost died. I have to change my life. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so she works at how did is it Ahern Records? Ahern, uh, it's a record studio, 
as a, which is owned by Josh Dumal's mom. Right. But we haven't been introduced to him yet. Uh, is that Madame President? Yeah. Oh yeah, from twenty four. <laughs> from twenty four. Oh yeah, that was that was a fun introduction. Do you think the falling into trash was Gary Marshall going? Yes, I know this movie is garbage, and you're about to watch it. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's giving him too yeah, much Gary credit. credit. <laughs> but th- so this is also with Michelle Pfeiffer being or her Catwoman. character's name is Ingrid. Yeah. Her going to her job and everything where we learn where she works. This is also where we're introduced to Zac Efron, who's a bike messenger. And this has got to be right after High School Musical because he is trying so hard to not come off as the high school kid. Well, it's 2011. And then uh, his haircut, too, definitely gave me that sign of, like, he got rid of the mop top from High School Musical, and he's not looking back. Um, his introduction's really weird, too, because he immediately comes off as a douchebag. And he remains that way to me. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to point out, because at a certain point, is he calls Ashton Kutcher, and you know we get a, him walking through the office he's supposed to be delivering something to. Is he stealing things? Because there's one scene where he goes up and he's like looking through CDs and then he straight up just grabs one and puts it in his bag. He's like taking stuff from candy bowls. Like, is he just walking around the office stealing shit? Was that the only one that noticed that? I, I, I rewound I it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess he's just like, it's New Year's Eve. I guess it doesn't matter. Crimes committed in the year prior don't they yeah. don't carry over. Oh, man. I feel like this would have been a fun movie to watch Watch right after Crash. I don't know why, but something about the, the vibe of criminality that just goes on in this movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've never talked to either of you like he talks to Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. It, that, that was a whole... Their whole like friendship doesn't... It, it just seems like one of them super depressed about something that happened apparently a really long time ago. Because if you're going to say Ashton Kutcher just graduated from college, I'm going to call foul. <laughs> that dude looks like 35 <laughs> in this movie. Um, but yeah, it's from there, though, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer and Zac Efron interact for the first time. And we're kind of set up to how their pairing is going to work. And he's a courier, right? Yeah, yeah he's a yeah. bike messenger. Okay. And then from there, we get kind of just thrown over to, um, I believe it's Sarah Jessica Parker, right? Oh, that! Oh no, it was no, a horse! Oh God, no. horrible! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't what? encourage him, John. <laughs> oh man, I was wrong. By the way, we don't jump to her yet. It's Josh Dumal because I wrote down this was so jarring. That cut goes from that to somebody's wedding, and then Josh Dumal isn't even in the wedding. Right. He's like the best man and the only witness. <laughs> and I don't understand why this is the introduction. To his character. No, because it's about love. They have that line about, like, you can still... Well, I don't know the line per se, but it's like, you can still have sex with other people. But... <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I guess. But there's only the, there's that I, one woman. I, there were a lot of really weird lines in this movie, so I started writing down just, like, the weirder quotes. Instead of you may now kiss the bride, the pastor said, give kisses to the missus. <laughs> I don't know why, but that 
caught me way off it guard. It caught me off guard, too. And then I re- it zoomed out. Because at this point, I don't think you know that there's no one in the room. Oh. And then it zooms out, and it's like, he's the only witness. So like it's just said, him so. being like less formal? Yeah, I, I think that's how I took it. But what I mean by why is this his intro is if you cut out his friend's wedding thing and just start him in the car and then him getting in the car accident... And then, he, you know, his whole thing is just got to get to New York. And then we learn why when he's in the you know, RV. But then you'd right be with confused the when the mechanic brings him back to the church and you find out that the pastor's brother. We w- <sighs> There's literally no reason for that. This is just taking up time in this two hour movie that I could have made maybe an hour and ten. <laughs> There's so much just nothingness in this but movie. If you started with him in the car and he's dressed like that. Where where did he come from? He could have just been on the phone. It could have been a one line yeah, thing that he one off of I gotta get to New York. And I would he's in a tux and it's New Year's Eve. I would assume he's going to some fancy party. That's not that much of a stretch. Because like also, even other characters bring it up. They're like, Oh, you must be going to a fancy party because he's dressed in a tuxedo. It's not that big of a deal. Do you guys remember you're talking about dating this movie and how he got in his crash, like the GPS oh, that he GPS was looking thing. at? Do you guys did you guys have one of those like beanbag things that holds it down? <laughs> it's like a paper, giant paperweight almost, but it no, holds the I, GPS down. No, I never had one of those. At, I feel like I just didn't drive anywhere at the time that I needed the GPS when I first started driving. And then after a while, it just became the phones. You know what I mean? It pretty quickly for us when we were driving became either you either had the printout from MapQuest <laughs> or right. you just had a phone that was advanced enough to have whatever map app had come out at the time. Um, but I did think that was pretty funny. I had talked to Peter about it earlier today about how a GPS system wouldn't be able to locate New York City, the most popular city in the world. Like, what? TM. <laughs> TM. <laughs> uh, from there, though, that's then we go to the Catherine Heigl like catering service. And this supply. is this is why Josh Umal couldn't have been introduced with just an intro line about where he had been. Because we get Heigl's entire plot and everything right then. She's like, This is the biggest day of my career. Yeah, like she lays it out the first words out of her mouth, what's going on. Right. Cause she's a chef and runs this like catering, high class catering service, I I'm assuming. Yeah. They they're not throwing the party, right? Because I was kind of confused about that. They were just doing no. the food and Josh stuff. Josh Dumal's uh, fam is doing the party there. Right. Yeah, yeah just the food. Okay, because mm-hmm. that was the thing. Because, you know, there are no party drinks. planning companies as yeah. well. And so I, I couldn't tell where the line was. No, that's with Adam Scott. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> with Katherine Heigl, she's, we find out through her story, like she used to date Jensen. This music Who? phenomenon who's played by Bon Jovi. <laughs> and I don't understand for the life of me why they wouldn't have just had Bon Jovi be Bon Jovi. I was just thinking of Hanson the whole time. Yeah, I was too. Every time they said Jensen, I was like, they could have come up with like 30 <laughs> different names for this guy. Yeah, come Jensen. on. <laughs> That's it too. <laughs> Sweaty Jurgen Yangenman Jensen. Oh, he was number one. <laughs> but. Can someone help help me with this? Like, why wouldn't he have been just Bon Jovi? Like, what does it add by making well, him? Because he's playing. He's showing his range as an actor. He is Maybe by giving him a different the, name. That might have been part <laughs> of the thing, though. Like, okay, so Bon Jovi, he has to play two songs, 
and you have to call him Jensen. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Bon Jovi only responds to Jensen. Yeah. It's kind of like, like Kevin read- James has that clause that he has to wear a wetsuit in his <laughs> movies. <laughs> Same idea. Yeah. I feel like there's another one we talked about and I can't think oh, of it. Oh, right yeah. Now. There, we've <laughs> <laughs> I would love that if it's just Bon Jovi being like, listen, I read about this actor, other actor, Daniel Day Lewis, just becomes Phenomenal, these yeah. people. So I'm going to become Jensen. Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Bon. Hey, Bon. Bon is not here. <laughs> who's who's Bon? This is Jensen. <laughs> I jilted a lover, and I am coming back for seconds. Maybe yeah. it's because they they couldn't get the rights to play Bon Jovi's songs at the end, so they he had to. Has <laughs> the rights? <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is to give. <laughs> I don't. This is what I'm getting at. Because if he was some sort of different <laughs> character, I'd be more understanding. Yeah. Of like, oh, he wouldn't be. He literally plays himself. He's just bon- He doesn't even try to sing differently. No. He sings like Bon Jovi. I was waiting for It's My Land. <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, but that, that just bugged me. Every scene he was in, I was just like, stop calling him Jensen. Stop calling him Jensen. Yeah, and it's like we didn't even really get their relationship until... Sophia. Um, oh, Sophia Viraga. Yeah, she's on the phone with Heigl, and Heigl's like, "Well, you should tell him to avoid the blonde with the big knife in the kitchen." And then, uh, oh yeah, it's Jensen's like, like hey. right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> bon Jovi's right behind me. Isn't he? <laughs> new year, new Bond. I guess that's why it <laughs> wants to be in. <laughs> but her like, Jensen. so Sophia's the sous chef. What's the other guy? Uh, comic relief. A, a flamboyant comic relief. Like side chef, he's a staple of a movie like this. I feel like you need a character like that for but this he's audience. Just inappropriate. Well, and what, a seems, what seems <laughs> weird to me, though, I want to point this out is because I said flamboyant for a reason. Because it seems like they originally wrote this character to be gay, but then they backed off and were like, no, 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 he be into chicks, and that he had already like fully committed to how his how like flamboyant he is. It just came across super weird. Yeah. Ooh, a secret. Well, because like I thought the whole thing was him and Sofia Varaga were gonna be like both fascinated by Jensen. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he was just kind of whatever about it and was like into the the hot chicks. But uh, that was just a weird weird crew she's rolling with. Yeah. <laughs> but I I do laugh that their first interaction and the first like interaction we see about their relationship is she straight up just slaps him, and then slaps him again. Um. I I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be funny or dramatic, so I kind of just stared blankly at the screen. To be honest, that was my response to most of the movie. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, can you imagine, Mark? So last year I propose to you. You say yes. We move in together. You don't even make breakfast the next day, and I'm gone, and you don't see me until a year later. Was this New Year, New Pete? <laughs> no, this was the story. This was no, I know. <laughs> that, that's actually the movie that we're talking. Well, oh yeah, because when she brings it up later, I wrote down the quote because it's something along the lines of like, "Oh, I hadn't even unpacked the first bag of groceries." <laughs> what a weird point of reference for how, <laughs> amount of time that's gone by. Well, I wonder if it was a thing where she went to the grocery, came back, and he was already gone. Ooh, no. Well, uh, maybe. Or maybe she she dropped them in the floor as soon as she opened the door, and, or, and it ruined them all. 
And then he left. Worst day ever. And then she almost got hit by a cab. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish there had been a flashback and they'd done the classic movie thing of she has a giant brown bag and then there's a baguette, <laughs> like a thing of milk, and then like flowers randomly just sticking out because that's what everyone has in a brown bag from the grocery <laughs> store. Um, yeah, maybe it's just her referencing her being a chef again. Maybe she went out for cooking supplies because she's a chef. Um we move on from there to we get the Zac Efron and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer deal. I re- it cuts to them because Michelle Pfeiffer quits her job and decides that she's going to complete her New Year's resolutions. And she needs Zac Efron to help her. And she will offer him tickets to the most exclusive party in all of New York if, she, if he helps her. To which Zac Efron's going to agree. And... Um, I was wondering what her relationship is that she has for tickets to this place as a receptionist. No, no they were for her her boss. She just didn't give them to him. Oh, because she her. quit. Uh, she just snagged him. Yeah, because oh, I, I totally I missed, missed that, that this whole time. Oh, I was no, watching no, yeah. the movie. I was like, this is the only interesting secret withheld from me. The only th- reason I know this is because I had rewound it earlier to see if Zac Efron was stealing <laughs> shit. That I realized that when he gives her the package earlier. It was for her boss. Like he says, her boss's name. He took the time to rewind. And I wanted do to some see film if he was, study. Well, because if Zach Efron's just stealing shit in the scene, I thought that was going to be part of the plot. <laughs> was like twist was that he's a kleptomaniac. I was wondering why he stood there and lingered while she was opening the package he delivered. You know, like he gave her the package and he just stood there and like watched her open it. Well, yeah, that was also a weird thing too of uh, the. You probably wouldn't recognize me because this is the first time you ever looked me in the eye. Yeah. That was overdramatic. A little uncalled for. Overdramatic, man. You're a bike messenger. Let's just drop it off. Go. Like, come on, Zach. You just graduated high school, you know. Move on. I wish I wish this was the same character. (laughs) He like he leaves high school, moves to New York to (laughs) just be a bike messenger. Uh, From here, though, (laughs) we are finally introduced to Sarah Jessica Parker. Um and then her daughter is Abigail Breslin. They look so similar. They look so similar. But I do like how Abigail Breslin's introduced and everything because she's with her clique. And then it's the cool boys walking to the cafeteria. It's like, <laughs> it's the weirdest scenario. Also, did you notice the main cool kid? I forgot his name. He's um, he's one of the Disney Channel kids. Uh, he was on that show with Selena Gomez. Huh. Wizards of Waverly that, Place. Uh, that one. Mm. He was one of those. Glad you remember. One of those wizards. <laughs> was he her brother? I think so. I may be wrong on that, but I know I think he's a Disney Channel kid. But one of his crew is Na- uh, I think it's Nat Wolf, who was in uh, that new Death Note thing. Oh, really? Yeah, as well as um, Paper Towns. He's been in a lot of like teen stuff recently, like young adult book stuff. Coming of age. So I kind of laughed when he was in this because he's he doesn't have any lines. But if you watch him in the background like I did, because it was more entertaining than what was happening. He's constantly kind of like walking like he's got this big swag and like throwing his arms like, oh, like, trying to talk it's shit like, to everybody. It's like else. what everybody needs there in their posse is like the guy who kind of amps it up. You I, know? But I, it made me want to follow him. <laughs> I was like, no, no, leave this weird Abigail Breslin and him wanting their first kiss story. Let's follow Nate Wolf. <laughs> like, I want to see what's going on there. He's kind of like the magnitude of the group. Yeah, I can see that. Pop, pop. The... But Abigail Breslin's storyline 
is essentially she wants to go to Times Square with her friends and have her first kiss with this cute boy on New Year's Eve. Unsupervised. Unsupervised, even though not really because the mom's stalking them the whole time. Which is, I weird. guess we can revisit that, but yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. <laughs> Who even is that? I thought I actually laughed at that line because of the sole thing of like we're now acknowledging it. Yeah, like this is where we acknowledge it. I thought everybody already knew. Yeah, like that's what I thought. I thought that dude was a dumbass. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back to that because that's towards the end. But um, obviously that you know she wants to go to New Year's. Eve in Times Square. And Half Sarah the history Parker. class is going. That was that, so dumb. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> hilarious too. Like why? Like, why is it? Why ha- is it all history? my friends are going. Yeah. No, it's. Half the history <laughs> class is going. Specifically half. This New Year's Eve is going to be on the final. <laughs> it's like they're homeschooled. They go be... to a co-op. They're only all in one class together, and it's history, and they see each other every Wednesday afternoon. Or something weird like that. Oh, that's very specific. Yeah, it was. I have Peter's... no experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled that completely out of thin air. Uh, it's a good way to make friends this is also though where we quickly see that sarah jessica parker is makes costumes from assuming it's the rockettes was i wrong in that is that supposed to be the rockettes i have no idea they didn't say it, it's well, something just, along those lines yeah, like, yeah some sort of rocket-esque show um so she's a costume designer and they make a one-off line about she's been working on this dress but then they don't ever talk about it again until the very 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 like last five seconds of this movie um and she just wants to have a simple New Year's Eve with her daughter back at the house. Um, am I? What happened to the dad? Are they just divorced? No, it's uh, that's the twist at the end. Remember? No, the that's not the twist. Yeah, what's the <laughs> twist? Wait, okay, okay. What do you think the twist? <laughs> is? We're we're gonna <laughs> that that uh, the guy who wrecked his car with the GPS. That's not the dad. No, I know, but he's the guy that she really wanted to well, have plans with on well, New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, that's that, the that's twist. the twist is that she actually wanted to do something else. I was asked, was it they're divorced? We know that because when the, Breslin Sarah Jessica leaves, Parker and whoever Ab- Abigail Breslin's dad is are divorced. Yeah, because when Abigail leaves, she's like, "I fought so hard for custody." Oh yeah, I forgot that was kind of a harsh line. So <laughs> I guess we can attribute like so Gary Marshall is to world building and lore kind of like he's like dark souls where the thing the the action is going through and they they don't really tell you a whole lot they shower you sprinkle you here with a little bit of one line here with a relationship and one line there and they leave you to piece together things no see i i'm going to disagree i don't even think he knows what how these are connected i think he literally just throws all of it together and just says action let's see what let's see what happens well, see, it was your astute rewinding of the scene to realize who those tickets were intended for to the party. That's not a good thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's depth, and I'm sure there's things if we go and we watch it a second time, we'll be picking up more and more little nuggets of truth. Right. I think you're right about that. Um, who else have we yet to be introduced to? Oh, we've got to be introduced to the parents. So there's two couples, pregnant couples, mm. that are going to have a baby, obviously, because yeah, they're pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, ATM machine. It's Seth Meyers and Jessica Biel. Okay, and then uh, I forgot this guy's name, but I've seen him and stuff. And then Sarah 
Paulson. Paulson. Right, a Paulson. Yeah. It should Sarah be, a Paulson. It should be said... Oh, his name's... By the way, his name is Till Schweiger. I probably mispronounced that. Uh, but it should be noted that... John, I don't know if you know this, but Peter has an irrational hatred of Sarah, Sarah Paulson. Like, it's like core deep and it's not i don't irrational. know why it's very rational she's a terrible actress i i did not know that oh, it's, it's very bizarre <laughs> i was bizarre i what really set me off and like american horror story whatever that show is now yeah sarah but, paulson she kind of became big again because of american horror story yeah and then she took over from uh lang jessica lang yeah jessica lang uh like she came in, they were in a couple together seasons, and now it's just like the Sarah Paulson show, and she blows, blows, and she's terrible here. I I guess Her, what I, I guess I guess what I'm getting at when I dislike an actor, I'm usually <laughs> or actress, I'm usually just kind of like, ah, oh, I don't really want to watch that. I don't like her or the way that she it. talks but is terrible. Peter, it's like a, an affront to everything that is right every time he sees her. He's just like, what is this world coming to? She is on my television. <laughs> Speaking of what is this world coming to, the idea of this contest seems like the worst idea ever. Yeah, that's that is a weird contest. And they obviously set up rules to where they can't induce labor, but that also brings up the question of what if they have to because of some sort of emergency, then does the baby win the money? Because it's uh, what is you, it? Nope, can't ask questions. Is it twenty five thousand? $25,000. Or less. $25,000 to or the less. first baby born in the new year. Which I feel like, watch it, you know, I, they didn't follow through with this. We don't see them get like prize or anything. Watch it be 25000 off their bill. It's not they get 25000 They get 25000 off their bill. So maybe or, it helps the insurance company. Exactly. Or it could be money like put into the kids' names like account. That would Only actually accessible. be that would actually be really cool to have a like the hospital sets up an account for your child. We kind of talked about that last week with the giant check on the oh yeah in Mother's Cause, Day. That yeah, because in Mother's Day they wrote the daughter's name on the check. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so that's their storyline. Is they're two competing families, even though we're mainly just following Jessica Biel and Seth Meyers, um, who despite his effort. In delivering his jokes, I still felt were flat. Yeah, he had a couple, like, I didn't write them down. He had a couple lines that were kind of whatever. Like, they were funny, but just because of the nature of this movie, I, again, I was just kind of staring blankly at the screen. <laughs> um, Are you checking email you again? The upward dog, no, the downward dog, any of the dogs? Or any of the dog. Oh, it was... Do the yoga to put the baby back in? Now I'm trying to think, because it was during when they're having the scene, it's when he's leaving. Oh, it's the, uh, I'm going to go to where the cars live. <laughs> when he's like tranced, like trying to get things together. He's like, you're right, you're right. I'm going to go where the cars live. <laughs> and just like starts walking away. And she's just sitting on the couch. I, I did think that was funny. Uh, but yeah, so we've got them. And then uh, while we're at the hospital, we're also introduced to Robert De Niro's character. Wow. Who is dying, like really dying. Just like his career. Oh, oh. sad. Of, you know, I guess it's it cancer. Because they say he refuses chemo yeah, and it's, radiation. It's, it's, uh, it's terminal. It's career driven. It's. Uh, uh, no, I'm not talking about his career. I'm talking about <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> it's a Dino career Sonoma. 
Ooh. Well, wow. well done. Nice. Well done, sir. And who else is his doctor? None other than Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Gordon from Saw. Saw. Yeah. yeah. He made it out to go back. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was an oncologist in Saw. Yeah, and he's so an oncologist true. here. It was amazing. It was amazing. Wait, and he looks the same. Wait, are we saying Saw takes place in the Gary Marshall universe? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, think I am same. on board. Forget whatever we said and saw about <laughs> where that was taking place. It is in the Gary Marshall universe. It's just crazy, right? That is really funny. An oncologist. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then his uh, nurse is uh, Halle Berry, who uh, I looked up on this movie. And so apparently Halle Berry was originally supposed to play um, Catherine Heigl's character, the, the chef. Uh, but she had to drop out for personal reasons. Um, I think she was going through a divorce or something like that. And uh, That woman. That <laughs> I wish she dropped this to go to Catwoman, and then she came back <laughs> halfway through filming Catwoman because she's just like, it can't be any worse than that. <laughs> but yeah, so they Gary Marshall gave her the part as the nurse is kind of like, oh, we still want you in the movie, uh, consolation prize. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. But yeah, so Robert De Niro's storyline is essentially him just dying in the hospital, but he wants to see the ball drop before he dies. Um. Yeah, that was kind of depressing. When we were, he's like, "That was our thing, watching the ball." We're we're led to yeah, we're led to believe that he doesn't have any family that would want to be there because he's burned all those bridges. Um, oh my, yeah, yeah. That was. I just I got sad as soon as I saw Robert De Niro. I was like, why? Why? I had watched Heat like two nights ago, and that's like hey, Robert watched, De Niro at his prime. I watched Meet the Parents right before this too. So. <laughs> The same movie. <laughs> yeah. Those are so similar, John. <laughs> and I watched uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Those are all three great Robert De Niro movies that we would recommend over this in a heartbeat. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> he, he loves New Year's Eve. He, lo- he just loves New Year's Eve. Why? I don't know. But John, Peter, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point something out. So you know how... In uh, Mother's Day, I pointed out the nurse that was also... I was going to ask you about a note to ask you about it. She's in this one, too. She's She's one of the nurses at the table. And uh, I have a theory. So stick with me here. So Valentine's Day. She rats out Patrick Dempsey to Jennifer Gardner to be like, hey, he's going to be at this restaurant with his wife. You go get her, girl. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Patrick Dempsey comes out, knows that she's been... You know, ratting him out, fires her. She gets a new job in New York, clean slate, New Year, new Pete, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, decides to be a nurse there. I don't know if you guys noticed, but at the end of this movie, she's not paying attention while Hillary Swank, spoiler alert, is, who's Robert De Niro's daughter, takes him up to the roof to watch the ball drop. She lets him them go out there, and he dies. So obviously, she's gonna lose her job. Great. Now where's she gonna go? Only where she can get a job? Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) South. They're taking anybody. (laughs) They're taking anybody. (laughs) So she ends up at the hospital there. It's all connected, man. This is her universe. Gary's just dropping nuggets everywhere. And she's probably in Saw somewhere too (laughs) as a nurse. I hope. (laughs) I hope she's in Saw. The uh I did also look up, by the way, Gary Marshall did originally intend for all these movies to be connected. 
And it was going to be a continuation of Valentine's Day. Oh, like I kind of wish that that's what it was. But the studio told them they didn't want to do that and wanted to bring in like new characters, new like celebrities to keep like a rotation. I really wanted to see what they would have done with me the, too. I'm, that I feel like we missed out on something we great. We did. I want to know what happens from Valentine's Day to Ashton Kutcher and Jennifer Garner. Like, where's that go? Because um, yeah, would that be their first New Year's Eve? Yeah, yeah, that would be their first New Year's mm-hmm. Eve together. And then she gets pregnant and becomes a mother. And then Great transition. Speaking wow. of Ashton Kutcher, we're introduced to him in this movie as a cynical, I hate all things New Year's Eve crybaby. And uh, he gets trapped in an elevator with, how do you say her name? Leah, Leah Michelle? Glee Girl. It's Glee Girl. Yeah, it's Leah Michelle, star of Glee. Uh, and Glee was really big at the time when this movie came out. I feel like uh, it had been big. It had been like was it dying by the time this well, movie came out? Two thousand and eleven was like what fifth season, Probably. fourth season, something. I don't know. I don't. I didn't. Keep up I with, didn't watch it with the tubes. With the tubes, but yeah. So they get into an elevator together. Uh oh, elevator breaks, and they're stuck in there for most of the plot movie. Plot line. <laughs> I'm gonna throw out this whole plot line could be cut out. N- nothing happens. Every time we cut Look, back to them in the elevator, they're just like flirting some more. If that was cut out, we wouldn't have gotten Jim Belushi's uh, cameo in there to where he's like, you totally like Banger, right? I'll check the tapes. You pervert. I hated that line. That we was also, so creepy. We also would have been, uh, we wouldn't have had the chance to insert Chris Farley as uh, this character. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go any <laughs> further, are you saying Chris Farley would be Ashton Kutcher in this movie? I actually was thinking Bon Jovi, but... Ashton <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible! That's oh, that's so awful. I guess uh, Jensen or Henson. <laughs> or Jensen. Jensen, yeah. I did not go there. Peter, where did you place Chris Farley yeah, in this what movie? What did I think? I, I think I had him as like... Josh Dumal. No. Wait, I said something earlier. You said uh you said Josh Dumal. I did say Josh Dumal. Hmm. I have <laughs> I think I might actually like Zach Efron for the amount of time in the movie that we saw him on his moped. And to have <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer be told it's okay to put your legs around me. <laughs> like, and then he's riding behind her. It would have been great. Okay, so <laughs> Zach Efron's my second choice, and I'll explain why he's my second. The main thing I would have wanted is uh, when we fast forward a little bit in their storyline, and one of the things is she wants to walk the five boroughs in one day, <laughs> so he takes her to the museum or the Metropolitan Museum where they have the layout of yeah. New York City so she can walk around the buildings and stuff. I And they get in like a little fight or whatever, and he kind of like chases after a little bit. If that's Chris Farley, you know he's tripping and falling through all those buildings. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I kind of wanted him there. But I'm going to throw a curveball. You know who he should have been? What character he should have been? Replace Hillary Swank with Chris Farley. <laughs> he's in charge of the ball drop. That explains you basically do the black sheep Tommy boy thing where he's the reason why the ball stops working. Like, you know, maybe he gets stuck, like, hooked ca- onto the ball and it's getting carried He's up. afraid of heights. They have to carry him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ludicrous. And, the, and then on top of that, because, like, all these things keep breaking and he's like a klutz, the classic character he plays. 
on top of that, you go the Tommy Boy route and you show his range. You show his emotion. And when it's, you reveal that Robert De Niro is the dad, yeah. you get to see him make up with the dad wow. and get emotional. Boom. Better movie. Put Chris Farley in your movie. <laughs> I thought way too much about this, but I had a lot of time. There's two hours of this movie. <laughs> Oh, okay. So let's let's jump back into this. So at that point, everyone's introduced, right? Because we met Ashton Kutcher, and they're in the elevator, all that. I don't think I've left anybody out. So we can start... Uh, Man, it's so, like too many plot lines. There's a it's thousand a plot lines. And they're all really thin and short. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, we can just cut through these real quick. Like, I don't even think we need to go minute by minute by this. We can just do them real quick. Oh, well, and they hardly intersect. Yeah, you true. know, like where yeah, right. in um, except Valentine's the very last day. scene, that I guess they're just cutting kind of. to yeah. But like in Valentine's Day, they there were a lot more interactions, and these were just like oh, might be in the same shot. That's true. They all are in New York. You're so right. let's uh, let's just jump into the different storylines now. Love Ryan Seacrest. Oh yeah, love him. America's sweetheart Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, gotta love him. Yes, I. What a fan. 2011 Ryan Seacrest. That's like prime Ryan Seacrest, too. I'd also like to point out one of the reasons why I do like him. I want to hate him, but I like him is because he's willing to make fun of himself. Yeah. Like when he the ball's not going up and he's panicking and it's the, the ball needs to be up. Like my hair. <laughs> and he's having the like meltdown. He's like, I don't know. What, you know, I'm, I'm stressing. I'm stressing. My hair is coming down. <laughs> yeah. He'll also make fun of how small he is. Yeah. He's a small dude. He, and then he makes the joke about Dick Clark. He says the this yeah. would have never happened to Dick Clark. Ah, yeah, I, just, I love him. Just throwing that out. Yeah. So let's just kind of jump storyline by storyline. Uh, sorry if it's a little hard to follow. Because really, these though. movies are super hard to follow. I think this will make follow. it easier to follow. No, yeah. But so Zac Efron... Michelle Pfeiffer. They're doing the bucket list, essentially. What? Well, not the bucket list. She's not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's the New Year's Eve bucket list. Yeah, it's the resolution. It kind of felt like list. she was, though. I, I was waiting for the reveal she that, she, had that, she, yeah, that she was going to die. Yeah. Or I actually thought that she was going to be Robert De Niro's like ex-wife or something. And him almost dying was going to change how she perceived what she was doing with her life. Wow. That's, Again, I'm looking for something in a movie that has nothing. <laughs> yeah, she was just pissy for being called pathetic, which she is. Yeah, but the it's one of those things that I know this is it's kind of creative how he de- Zac Efron deals with her list of things she wants to accomplish. How did he but get it bought also, for the day? What do you What do you mean? If he's a delivery guy, how oh, does no, he get bought for the day? She says, "I bought you for the." She paid for the day. Yeah, what does that mean? Probably his hourly, like they probably get paid hourly, so she probably paid for the rest okay, of the day. Because I've never been a delivery dude, and so I thought that it's just like you have a dispatch and you're sent to. It's, yeah, it's my understanding that it's it's one of those things where it's like an hourly, but it's also per delivery, and they kind of do the valet thing where they make they match you to make it minimum wage if it's like a slow day but you're really trying to get as many deliveries as possible and that's how you make more money is yeah. how i understand it so he's not giving he's not doing more deliveries he's that was just weird that is a little weird does that mean somebody else didn't get their package because no nah, they, they they'll have a bunch oh, they of got other the messengers package. they got the package the but he yeah. probably had some on him oh it's not worth it it's yeah we're we're going <laughs> way we're over analyzing the 
most minuscule part of this whole movie. It's the <laughs> biggest. Well, it's the biggest thing for this plot line because without her purchasing him like a high class escort, um, she got a great deal. Yeah, he so would not have gone a good on looking this dude. Resolution mm-hmm. by this thing, right? But like I was saying though, this because they do this in other movies too. I think it's that Walk to Remember movie. He does the boyfriend in that does a similar thing where it's they get creative with the list because they can't actually do some of it. And while I understand the cute, like, oh, he's trying and being creative in nature of it, it's also kind of cheating. Yeah, like, it's not bit. really doing. Well, he even says that when the uh, driving oh, when around the globe or whatever. Oh yeah, that because that one's the lamest yeah. of all of them. Because some of them, I give him a lot of credit for. Breakfast at Tiffany's was pretty easy because you just go eat breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, how did he know about Bali? The yeah, the Bali one was where I give him credit because it's like a weird massage spa treatment thing in Brooklyn that looks like Bali. Um, I don't know how he knew about that, but that I give him credit for that. That you know, technically not Bali, but good on you. It was pretty creative. The globe they drive around the globe because it's the go r- travel around the world. I guess is the resolution. That one's pretty cheap. Be amazed. Be well. First, it's the uh, try walk the five boroughs where they get in the fight because yeah. he's. This is the stupidest scene when yeah. he's on the phone with Ashton Kutcher and he's explaining how he has the tickets for the party and he's like, "Yeah, this this woman who's definitely two sandwiches short of a picnic." He's like, "I don't know. She's kind of just pathetic." She's right behind you, yeah. dick. It's not yeah, even she's a like not far away. Yeah, it's not even a. Oh, she was, you know, behind the wall the whole time, or he thought he was like in a safe. They're in a giant room, and she's right behind him. He knows she's there. I don't understand that. Well, that and this pisses like, me off. Supposedly, he has a character come up and when he talks to her, and he's like, "I'm tired of being that guy." He's like, no, you just like are that guy. Yeah, you just are that guy, um, Zach. <laughs> Zach. But yeah, so they split up for a little while. But then, yeah, like you said, he has the character, I don't want to be that guy, because he goes... She's eating. Oh, yeah, she's just eating. He goes and finds her, and (laughs) she just walks away to go get lunch, and he's following her behind. And then it's the Be Amazed, and uh, he takes her to the Rockette stage where she can swing on some sort of wired thing, like a Peter Pan-style play It looked thing. fun. I would have been amazed, I think. I laughed, and this is the second time I rewound in this movie, because... <laughs> Two times. When, they, when <laughs> the curtains opened, and she first swings through, <laughs> did anyone else think she was dead? Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like She's a She's not life, moving. It looks like a lifeless body, because <laughs> okay. it just swings. <laughs> Maybe Chris Farley should be Michelle Pfeiffer's <laughs> character. Man. Oh, man. I'm sorry, but I rewound it because I was like, what the hell just happened? I thought for a second she legitimately died. <laughs> that would have been crazy. What a dark twist. But I'm telling you, if you go back and watch it, she doesn't move. Yeah, so no, it just looks like move. a lifeless body just swings. It probably was a dummy, right? Or like a. I, no, she's pathetic. She's not dumb. <laughs> that's not that dangerous of a stunt for Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, did you hear about the Spider-Man musical? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> was that around this time? When they were doing the inner... What was it? Enter the dark? That's not it. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> inner the dark. 
turn turn off the dark. <laughs> it was something dark. <laughs> that did you never follow Embrace that? Embrace the dark. Embrace the dark. The Venom. weird Spider-Man musical that was going. Bono was doing the music, and uh, it made headlines because every night the Spider-Man actor would get like severely hurt yeah, from never, the trap. It never work. actually uh, opened because there was just too many complications. Yeah, that that might have been going on around the time of this. Um, if yeah, I can backtrack for a second, I, I'm looking through my notes. I forgot about a line that she drops when she quits her job because I think it's supposed to be an attempt at an office space reference. Oh, yeah. Where yeah, she yeah, says, yeah. I'll take my two weeks and my stapler. Yeah. Like, is that supposed to be an office space? I don't line? know, but that line definitely stuck out to Yeah, I caught it was that. An outlier. If it was a nod. I got it. <laughs> if I it was a nod. Don't know what you know, it's based for. on the character development of her at that point, that just seemed kind of out of character, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> she was, she was talking to the Trinity really. Killer, which I was concerned for her. This was Yeah, that was another random celebrity entrance. Um what's his name? I always forget that actor's name. But yeah, there was a lot like that. Because like Alyssa Milano ends up being the nurse that replaces Halle Berry later. They just kind of yeah. come in and out. Um but yeah, so after the BMAs, her last, you know, New Year's resolution is kissed at midnight, um, which she thinks isn't gonna actually gonna happen. And Zac Efron leaves, and then when later in the movie when the ball drops, he goes out and finds her and kisses her. And I like that her response is the weird like, "What are you doing? I'm twice your age or whatever." But at the same time, I was like, "You know what? I ship them. I want to see where this romance goes." <laughs> I've seen weirder things in a Gary Marshall movie. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. He would have been like, so what? It's New Year's. It's New Year's. Because she goes to the party with him in the, the blooper reel like credit scenes. Yeah, I didn't they, even finish watching the bloopers. Yeah, it sounds like I missed a lot in the blooper The bloopers reel. are so forced. But the credit scene is them at the party that they had tickets for. And it's them dancing. And she's like opening up more and... Uh, but yeah, wow, that's good, good for her. To see. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the end of that storyline for yeah. that. You know them, and then Next. Uh, cross it off the list. Cross that off the list. Check. See oh, by the way, sprint. before we leave that alone, every time Zac Efron did that, the oh yeah, they, the uh, check. <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> slap him. Yeah. 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 Made me like him less and less. It because he was way too much effort. Just be like, all right, you know, change it up every now and then. Just be like, we did it. All right, to the next one. Not check. <laughs> All right. Way to go. Way to go. My man. Uh, who do you guys want to do next? Do you want to do Sarah Michelle Jack? Ah, Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. No, let's do Josh Jamal. Let's do Josh Jamal. His is so easy. His is, exactly. Because <laughs> he gets in that car wreck, and he's picked up by a tow truck driver. It's a terrible scene too him getting in the car wreck which by the way that guy's in all three of them i'm pretty sure the tow truck driver because he's a cop in mother's day yes and i'm trying to think who he is in valentine's day but i'm pretty sure he's in it like uh, i can't think of who he is but i do laugh that this this was a line in this movie was Josh Maul asked him what his plans are for new year's he says me and my girl are <laughs> yes. going to crush a 12 pack and watch porn but and he that, doesn't swear. Yeah, that was after saying uh, don't swear, watch the language line. That sounds like plans for Valentine's Day, not New Year's Eve. Oh, John. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, how are, are you speaking from experience? Ooh. Did we learn something about the J-G jingle? 
Yeah. No, continue, Peter. I want to <laughs> see where that's going. I was curious for you. Left out of that one. Uh, but yeah, so Josh Jamal gets taken back to the church that he was just at because the preacher is going to New York with his family. What? And, and he'll pay uh, for gas, all of it. All of it. And then they're in an <laughs> RV, and he's it's like, huge. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because the preacher makes a joke of like, how uh, get ready to like max out your credit card. Yeah, he's like, So, uh, how much gas? He's like, What's your limit? Yeah, what's your credit card <laughs> limit? Lols. Um, <laughs> and then we kind of get road trip with the preacher's family and Josh Jamal. And Josh Dumal lays down the story of why he needs to get back to New York for New Year's Eve because it was a, a missed connection, if you will. Or, I mean, not really a missed connection. No, just they, to see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Where he met a girl at a party. They hit it off. She told him to follow his heart. They kissed. And then she was like, it's complicated. And she left. Oh, no. She said, meet me back here. She wrote it. In one more year. Or next New Year's Eve, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, because he went to the bathroom or something, and he came back, and she was oh, gone, she left and there was no napkin. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that was the gist of his... he memorized it. It was really cute. <laughs> Sounds like serendipity. Well, isn't that what the, the grandpa starts talking about? By the oh, way, you're right. yeah, the yeah. unnecessarily <laughs> horny grandpa in this... <laughs> Scene. like in the preacher's family is like totally laughs it off they're like oh there's oh, grandpa dad talking about hitting it uh, you know that's yeah keep your pork sword in your pants man <laughs> he says some downright dirty things in front of these yeah. kids yeah and again it's a pastor in his family like why wouldn't have anyone told him to stop <laughs> well, that one kid liked when josh jamal talked about pizza oh like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, Josh Jamal got like too into that. He's like pizza. <laughs> I like pizza. That was yeah. Me too. <laughs> so that's the last scene of the movie is him, right? Well, when he gets to the party and we find out that he's the heir apparent to this record label that um Catherine Heigl's and uh, Jensen are at that party or whatever. And um like we said earlier, his mom's uh, Madam President from season seven or and six, I think, of twenty four, right? Yeah, it was a couple seasons. It was a couple seasons. I, oh, I loved her on twenty four. She was a great Madam President. No, uh, no Palmer. No Palmer, but close, agreed. close to Palmer. Agreed. I think we can. Yeah, that's something we all agree on. Mm-hmm. If anything, Gary Marshall has brought us together over the fact that she'll never be a Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> President Palmer, she will not be. <laughs> But uh, he goes and he gives, he gets to the party finally where he has to give a speech because that's something he's been like worried about. And then he gives an emotional speech about his dad, who we are now okay, just learning about. Emotional in quotes. Well, he, he sh- sheds a few tears. No, I know, but he <laughs> says a line and he's like, here's you, pops. And then she's like, his mom's crying and dabbing her eyes, and everyone's like, oh. And he says some stupid joke. Or like, oh, it's the what is it the what his dad's favorite quote or whatever, how he ends his speeches of the whole what's the one thing you're afraid of doing or that you do if you weren't afraid. No, he opens with a joke. Now go do it. it. Now go do it. (laughs) Oh, man, I wish I remember the joke because it made me uncomfortable. I was like, I didn't think that was very funny because it was like death or something like, I don't know, whatever. Next. <laughs> Next. But yeah, so he gives the speech, and then we see him kind of being a playboy at the party. Yeah, all the girls know him. Well, I mean, I, I'm 
this is probably the most realistic part of the movie. I imagine that happens to Josh Jamal anyway. Why? Because he's a good-looking dude. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I see. I hear a tone of jealousy in your voice there. No, I mean, like, really, I, I, I don't. I think he's a less attractive not saying i think he's attractive at all but a less attractive like timothy oliphant Ooh, that's actually i hmm. see that maybe not as attractive in a traditional way as timothy is Ooh, timothy timothy Ooh. gotta love that timothy oliphant <laughs> timothy. Uh, the, um, <laughs> there's a p- scene though with him in the party where he's being a ladies man where the two yes girls are hitting on him and he's like i'm in front of you and i'm behind you and he's like I'm a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I'm not making fun of how he says it. That is how he says it. He says he actually sandwich. Goes, I'm a sandwich. <laughs> What's his name? Sandwich. Sam. <laughs> is his name Sam? I thought it was Sam. Yeah, because he says, because I had the uh, closed captions on and it said Samwich. <laughs> so he did not say sandwich. Yeah, his name is Sam. Yeah. <laughs> As if he had closed captions on, did you miss that <laughs> tone of voice that he said it in? <laughs> You know, it didn't say what tone he was saying that in. Because it's, it's one of those things where it, again, caught me so off guard. And it's implied that they tried it last year. Oh, oh and he ran off on yeah. him. Uh, which he does again. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the waitress that hits on him, that's like kind of friendly cute. with him, she was real cute. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted him to turn around and go for the the waitress well, there. Well, he'd have to wait till one. Yeah. He would have. She gets off at 1 a.m. <laughs> and he's got to meet Sarah Jessica Parker at 12. Yeah, so that's... Oh, yeah, that's the, the spoiler alert. Yeah, that's the girl he's got to go... He runs uh, to go meet her. How funny was that? So, who thought it was Sarah Jessica Parker? I actually thought it was Hillary Swank. And they did that to you. No, I know. Every, I was getting ready to point purpose. out. They do... It's not just with this storyline. With the Robert De Niro one, they do a couple misdirects where you think it could be multiple characters. I actually would have been... A real nice little curveball if it had been Halle Berry. Because Halle Berry mentions earlier that she has plans at midnight, too. Yeah. But don't you see her Skyping her well, husband? No, yeah, yeah, but that hadn't happened. But she uh, talks about point, having yeah. plans. Because there's a, there's a bunch of different balls in the air that we don't know where they're going to land. Gary Marshall. Keep Two us balls guessing. in particular. Two balls. Josh Dumas. Yep. But, yeah, he goes, and the big reveal of is that it's Sarah Jessica Parker, and you know she's in her dress, and we'll cover her storyline next. But, but that, it was weird. She was very late. Very lucky he stayed around. Also, I understand why it's complicated. Because one, I'm pretty sure she's got ten years on him, and then at least, at least, and then two, she has a sixteen year old daughter. I feel like that's a lot of responsibility that Josh Dumal is about to walk into. Yeah. Then again, he does seem to be doing very well for himself financially, so maybe it won't be that difficult. Um. But we wish them the best of luck. Let's she might, too, because we saw Matthew Broderick was in charge of Hillary Swank in one way or another. So maybe their divorce was amicable. By the way, hold on. I want to pull up his name so I don't butcher this. Did you know that his when uh, Matthew Broderick pulls up, his name's a pun? No. Because they call him President... Bueller's shirt? Mr. Bullerton. Bullerton. Oh my gosh. As a reference to him being Ferris Bueller. See, I was looking for that. <laughs> I was. I really was. I was like, so what is he saying right now that could possibly be anything to do with Ferris Bueller's day off? And I didn't see anything, but th- it's in the name. Wow. <laughs> I-, I wasn't looking deep enough. Garrett slipped on past you. Yeah, thanks for helping me sift through this movie and pulling out that nug. Again, I was looking. I was looking for the the Bueller true meaning. Ten. That really sucks. 
Uh, let's jump into Sarah Jessica Parker's. So yeah, slash Abigail. Yeah, because they're interconnected. So she wants to get kissed. Sarah Jessica Parker wants to just have a quiet night in. Yeah, and Abigail loves those nights. Uh, yeah, and Abigail loves those nights anyway. Yeah. Also, stop. why does Abigail feel the need to flash an entire train station to prove a point of like, this isn't a training bra, Mom? Well, because she's like, I'm not Little Miss Sunshine anymore. See, look. <laughs> I wanted Sarah Jessica Parker to shut her up and be like, I know, bitch. Who do you think paid for that shit? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> think about it. Like, what, what is the point of Abigail Breslin showing her mother her underwear when her mother, there's like a 99% chance she paid for everything she's wearing? Well, like some, She doesn't need to remind her. Well, obviously she yeah, did. Yeah, she obviously did That's from her perspective. That's the storyline, Mark, and I'm sorry I didn't connect with you on it any didn't. level. It just didn't. Uh, but <laughs> they get back to the apartment, and Abigail Breslin makes some snide comment and then also yeah. points out that she could have gone... And had her own plans that night, but she decided to use Abigail Breslin as an excuse to stay in, mm-hmm. which I thought was a more dynamic point to be making was that she was being used as like an excuse. And uh, <laughs> so Abigail Breslin, though, escapes. And this was actually a pretty funny scene. If I don't, could you hear the music that was playing? You said you were listening with the captions on or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like spy thriller music that oh, they're playing while no, Abigail the, Breslin's the like music, on the train. The soundtrack is awful. I didn't bring this up earlier. When Josh Dumal's driving, or very, very early when he's introduced, that song is from GarageBand. Like, you can pull it up on GarageBand. <laughs> I'm not joking. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, it's the spy thriller thing for Abigail Breslin. When they're doing the, the Michelle Pfeiffer stuff, it's just like a feel-good, like, oh, my God, the world of possibilities kind of a thing. Yeah, and then I think they spent all their music money on uh, Pitbull. <laughs> oh <laughs> they play that one gosh. Pitbull song. Um, oh, the Give Me Everything Tonight. The I, I can't remember if that was the actual name, but I just know that's like the main repeating line, you know, with Mr. Worldwide. The Yeah, so Sarah Jessica Parker chases Abigail Reslin. She's on the train. You know, they, they know the like, hat guy. Oh, yeah, they know. Well, the bodega guy. Oh. He, that just is like a bodega. bodega. No. <laughs> like he runs the bodega. <sighs> it's like I missed it. <laughs> but it ends up, this just ends up being a weird, long, out, drawn out chase of like we keep cutting back to them throughout the movie as like Sarah Jessica Parker's like looking for her. And this is where we find out she's related to Paul and because, uh, oh, who's Zach Efron? Right. And Zach Efron's <laughs> like, um, maybe if uh, she called her cool uncle. She might have said that she was at da 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 da, but don't rat out the cool uncle. Oh, so so you, over the top. Still. Imagine the parents of both Sarah Jessica Parker and Zac Efron. How old do you think they are? Oh, they're dead. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> probably great. <laughs> sorry, I'm throwing that out there. They're in the dirt. Gary Marshall's age, maybe. Yikes! It, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh man, was that intentional? <laughs> Did you mean to say that? <laughs> I I thought about it midway through and went ahead and went with it. Oh no. <laughs> RIP. The uh yeah, the, I don't I thought about that too. Cuz we're not really given Zac Efron's age, but there's a very big age difference. Yeah. Um 30 like something years. And so if we just follow Abigail Breslin for a little bit, it's she find she's like running through the different block sections they have of Times Square trying to find her friends. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> like a moron, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when she finally gets there, 
<gasps> the boy she wanted to kiss, kissing another girl. Well, another girl kissed him. But we don't see that. We see it, but she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. And she like instantly starts crying. That's like an instant breakdown. And for into Abigail the Breslin. arms of her loving Mother's Day coming out. <laughs> After she had sent the text to save a kiss for me. Oh, yeah. Um, which I found funny because if you look at the interface on the iPhone, it was the first text between the two of them. <laughs> so it's like, they had no conversation history about that. They've, they've never. T- <laughs> That's when he should have hit back, new phone, who did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been incredible. Wow. Um, but yeah, then he... Which they, it's Sarah Jessica Parker and her go to a restaurant, and that ends up being where the friends go after for like... I guess an after party weird. or something. I, think, yeah. I don't and know. This mom joke, as stupid as it might have been, it kind of <laughs> made me laugh. Of course Dude, it did. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we should point out the friends mentioned that Piper's mom is constantly stalking them and is yeah. like hiding in the bushes and stuff like that. And you see her like hiding behind people constantly. And then in the restaurant, she's like, it's like a bad spy movie where she's like holding up a newspaper. I don't <laughs> think like, she has a line, does she? No, she, just, she yeah. doesn't. But when Abigail Breslin and that boy are, you know, making up or whatever, it's like we said earlier, is she's in the background for the second time in for the second time, part. and he finally just like, who is that woman? <laughs> yeah, because they kiss and she goes, <gasps> and then runs away. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And again, I, I admit I laughed at that line for the sole purpose of the decision that this was the moment that we were going to acknowledge how weird this woman's being. Not the fact that she followed these <laughs> kids all around the whole movie. Without saying a word. Oh, man. And I don't know which one of the friends was Piper, but why, if they're all friends, like, why wouldn't they have known that was Piper's mom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but so it's happy ending for Abigail Breslin and her boy. I still don't know his name. Yeah, they have a makeup kiss. Oh, yeah, they have a makeup kiss. Which, by the way, in the IMDb trivia facts, they had to shoot 15 times to get it right. Wait. Kids. <laughs> Why? I, to get it right? I don't know. It looks mm. terrible. Well, that was after 15 times, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best they could do. <laughs> I guess they, just they do it 15 they times. They're like, you know what? That first time was the best. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's move on. Let's go to the, um, the battle of the pregnant people. Why? Why? Because they're part of the story. Can you like two sentence this one? Uh, like, <laughs> oh gosh, it's awful. It was it's, a bad story. It's it so was bad. It the only a... I like okay. their doctor. Oh, the... um, oh yeah, she's in a lot of stuff. She's in Gerald Gerald's Game on she's, Netflix. Like, yeah, it's she's... so good. She's cool. Uh, what do you, what do people usually call a character actor? Is when it's it's like Stanley Tucci where. They're never really like leading movies, but they're in everything because they're just high quality. Yeah, well, she leads Gerald's game. So I'll, I referred to her in my notes as Spy Kids Mom. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. Uh, She's been but in yeah, things I, since, but I, mean, I, I didn't mean that as like a shot at her because I I love her and all that stuff. I got a bit of a crush on her too. She's a good looking woman. Throwing yeah. that out there. Your two sentences could be: there was a contest. <laughs> For the winner get twenty five thousand dollars. Whoever's baby is delivered first within the new year, they delivered the baby first, but decided to give the money to yeah. the other family. Right. They so that yeah, they decided to give the money to the other family the because the, the other family has two kids already. 
Mm-hmm. Is, oh, the, is that just, why? That's the vibe I got. I may be wrong on that, but that's it seemed the way that broke down when they're both in the hospital rooms with Seth Myers looks over at their hospital room and he's saying bye to the other kids to go wait in the lobby. And so then he sees that they have other kids that they have to provide for as well. And um, mm-hmm. that's kind of the... Uh, oh, they need it more than I do kind of thing, which is bullshit because we don't know what that family's working with per capita. Yeah. Like, we don't know. Maybe Sarah Paulson, I mean, is Yeah, maybe maybe she's hard. an heiress. Yeah. We don't know. We don't. And then uh, Seth Meyer makes a weird line about, like, that could pay off my student loans. Right. What did... That could pay off my student loan. Yeah, like, what? what is his student loan? Well, he's, a, he's uh, in vet school. Oh, he's in vet school? Yeah, I remember... When when he's like, if only you were a cow, I would know how to help or something oh, or I an animal. It, <laughs> or. Oh my god! I truly thought he was just making terrible jokes. Like he was referencing her as like a cow. Like right. she was making, he was making pregnant jokes at her, which I thought was in poor taste. But in retrospect, after learning that, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, but Kenny Moonlights as a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching more of the Seth Meyers late night talk show. By the way. It's it's pretty good. I think it's because I'm just so sick of Jimmy Fallon. Um, but <gasps> Seth Meyers... He watched Jimmy Fallon for the YouTube video portions. Yeah. And even those. But um, it's interesting. Seth Meyers, not to go too much on a tangent on this, but Seth <laughs> Meyers, when he brings on SNL members, either former or current, he has a new thing where he talks to them about their favorite sketches that didn't get made, like their favorite pitches that were just bad. And uh, it's been pretty funny to see what people have come up with and, like, the disturbing stuff that almost gets made. But, uh, yeah, move past them. We completed their story. You know, babies are born, Thank healthy, goodness. happy new year. The doctor's like, 12.05 it is then. Oh, yeah, because she has some really funny lines in this in that storyline, in my opinion, of... Um, I'm trying to think, but it's all... Because she's supposed to be, like, a holistic doctor, right? Or something? Yeah. So she makes a lot of weird things about like... Swearing can help us sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, like how she's trying to defuse the situation. (laughs) Okay, so who do we have next? Uh, Oh, Catherine Heigl and Bon Jovi. Jensen. This could be summed up in two sentences either. Also, because it's just Bon Jovi and her go back and forth and we learn more about the relationship of, oh, you know, I wasn't ready to commit. Now I'm ready to commit. But Catherine Heigl's like, well, now is my time for my career. Yeah, I'm committing you know to my what? career. I respect Bon Jovi's decision in this movie because he decides to put his tour on hold and let her focus on her career. He made a lot of sacrifices. Progressive. Say what you will about Gary Marshall, Peter. He's progressive. No, but see, Jensen does that. Bon Jovi wouldn't <laughs> do that. Oh, yeah. No, no. His life's like a highway. Yeah. No, wait, that's not him. <laughs> He's going to ride it all be. night long? <laughs> nope. I went the wrong way with that one. Um, why not? It's his life. It's now or never. He ain't going to live forever. That's Bon Jovi. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he decides to cancel the tours to be with her. And actually, that was a pretty touching moment. And I'm I'm not going to lie. I didn't think he did incredible but he did a lot better than I feel like most musicians that try to act do. I enjoyed his method acting. Like, uh, Jared Leto. Okay, that doesn't count. Justin Timberlake. He's he's an exception to the rule as well because he actually is pretty yeah. funny and like he's, he's very talented. Will you know, Smith. You who doesn't? No, Will Smith <laughs> is an actor who decided to rap and his <laughs> rapping is terrible. Parents <laughs> just don't understand. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> and neither does he. Um... 
wait, there, you know who's, you know who's not good? Tim McGraw. But he keeps getting worse. Like, it's because he's a name. Uh, it bothers me. The only movie I've seen him in that I enjoyed him in was in the movie version of Friday Night Lights when he's literally just playing a drunk, abusive Texas dad. Because he doesn't have to do anything with his accent. <laughs> and they literally just <laughs> get him drunk. Yeah. He was probably drunk on set anyway, and they just let him loose. Yeah. Just be Run yourself, a buck, man. Tim. Yeah, go out there, Tim. Do what you do, man. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I, I, I think Bon Jovi did okay. Like, I think so. He did, he did yeah, what did he the could. Right thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they get together in the end, and that's their kind of happy ever after. Yeah, they're dancing. They're dancing. But who's, who's on stage? <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad you asked, Peter. Because it's Leah Michelle. But if we backtrack, yeah, how, did, how we get, did she get there? How did we get there? How did we get there? <laughs> Obviously, Ashton Kutcher and him are still stuck in him. Ashton Kutcher and her are still <laughs> stuck in the elevator. And uh, I felt the sexual tension when he had picked her up and they were trying to get out of the elevator thing. Yeah, he did that poorly, by the way. He like instead of doing either the hip or like on the leg, like re- he really just yeah. wrapped right around that booty. Yeah. What do you guys think of his art? He's a cartoonist. We found out. So yeah, it's pretty. He's an illustrator. Yeah. I'm sorry. Which is why it's okay to say it was shitty. Yeah, which is also fun when uh, they cast really good-looking like Hollywood actors is uh, the <laughs> nerdy guy is like, oh, no one understands me, and I'm alone because I'm a nerd. Obviously, <laughs> See, look, I got like, a robot oh, fuck on my you, shirt. Ashton. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 Sorry, hit a nerve there. Oh, that scene was stupid too. Let me guess who you are. Does this sound about right? Oh yeah, like, they do the uh, whole this prep school or whatever. It was Dartmouth, and uh, you know what I would have loved if after she said that she was like, "Before I became a musician, I was studying to be an FBI profiler." <laughs> <laughs> and then we learn about Jigsaw. <laughs> She's like, "I was following a serial killer." <laughs> I just don't know like, <laughs> what would be more cliche in that scene if she had gotten it right, which she did, or if she had gotten it completely wrong. Which is more cliche? I would the say rights. getting. I would say getting it wrong. I would say getting huh. it wrong because it's usually a guy does it about a girl to kind of like put her in her place. And <laughs> the girl's like not even close. And it's you learn her backstory is completely different, which then softens the man's heart <laughs> and brings them together in the end. Are you writing this down? <laughs> Pride and prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I have to admit, I busted out laughing when she started. So the music comes on. They're still trapped in the elevator. She's supposed to be singing or whatever. Oh, that Um, scene was stupid. And it it made me laugh. Like, all of a sudden, it cuts there, and she's just singing. And I was like, what? (laughs) Kind of awoke from my days. (laughs) And she, like, won't look at him. She's, like, staring into the corner. Yeah. Well, because she's singing with Jaegerman Jensen. Um, that was awful. But yeah, so they eventually get off the elevator after having their almost kiss because they they've fallen in love at this point. She came on to him hard. Oh yeah, no, I thought about that too. As soon as she sets up the scenario of like you're what like, you mean, what? You're like you knew exactly what she was doing. Like it's all building up to it's the kiss so thing. Weird. Oh man, that yeah, that was super weird. Uh, but yeah, obviously, before they kiss, they get off the elevator, and she has to go be the backup singer for Bon Jovi, who then performs at Times Square, and we get more Bon Jovi being Bon Jovi, but he's not Bon Jovi. No. Um, Jensen. Jensen. 
And then when Bon Jovi's having his heart-to-heart with Catherine Heigl, it's like you said, who's on stage? And Leah Michelle walks out and sings the creepiest version. Like, it's like a haunting version of Hauntedly All Acquaintance. beautiful. Well, I just mean it in the sense of, like, she's not singing it in, like, a joyous celebration that it's that song's supposed to be sing, sang in. It's like a eerie... <laughs> it is. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I, en- I enjoyed it. It wasn't, like, right, her John. singing wasn't bad. I just mean that tone of how it's sung isn't New Year's Eve's celebratory... Well, and usually everyone is singing, too. With her, and yeah. No it's, like, was. silent. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. it's usually at those things, it's the lead singer starts it, and then it kind of just everyone turns into sings. the whole crowd singing it together. Because I remember it. New Year's wasn't that long ago. Everyone was singing, and Ryan Seacrest. Oh, yeah, Ryan Seacrest. I remember. He's America's Idol. The, uh, and is this as the ball is dropping that she's singing? Or is, I no, forget. the ball's already dropped. Yeah, the ball's already dropped okay. when she does that. But then it's... yeah. Bef- spoiler, they fixed the ball. Well, we're going to do that story next. Yeah. I saved Hillary Swank for last because it's... It's the, the most closing. involved, for sure. Yeah. And this is something that you brought up in the last one, Peter. Uh, last podcast about Mother's Day is that they cut to people with disabilities for some reason. Yes. They did that again. They, they did. did. And I was confused. It's weird. Why? Like, there's no... It's reason for weird. it, really. I'm not just saying that don't have them in there, but it's very weird that the way it, that it's just like, boo. It can it can come across a tad exploitive. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, but yeah, after she comes off stage, you know, her and Ashton Kutcher decide to start a relationship and they kiss and it's all on cue. You left something else on the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. That was awful. <laughs> Oh my gosh! That was—I was actually hoping it really was just something else. Like it wasn't the kiss. Yeah. He was like, "No, no, no!" Like it's a ring. It's oh, <laughs> God. yeah. <laughs> that would have been a twist. Um, God. From uh, yeah, the, they just—that's just the end of their storyline. Yeah, right? they're like, I guess it. together. Who knows? Really? Okay, so then now we're gonna close out because they're intersected. So it's the last two storylines. Yeah. Of Robert De Niro and Hillary Swank. Well, yeah, and then he's in the bed. So yeah. <laughs> so we'll coming. we'll come back to Robert De Niro <laughs> in a second. But Hillary Swank is dealing with the ball, not because she tries to go get the ball up initially for the start, and it stops halfway through because no! one of the bulbs, <laughs> one of the light bulbs, is broken out. And she makes a great point, and I understand it's just so there can be a plot point in this movie. But I agree with her. There's no way we haven't moved past the point in lighting technology that if one bulb goes out, the whole system shuts down like so, they set up. So, you know, in defense of all that, it's series and parallel, Mark, and it's cheaper to do it that way. But I, I agree 100%. The ball <laughs> should not be one of those things uh, running series. Yeah, that's that's really weird. And also, did you notice the... I mean, how did you not notice the the blatant Phillips advertisement that was on the light switch? <laughs> like, <laughs> why was that on the light switch? Oh, I thought I was thinking of Phillips. Also, I like to think about the fact that there's a company out there who made a comically large light switch yeah. for this situation. <laughs> like, it's the size of a human being. Like, it's the same thing with those dumb like scissors for groundbreaking ceremonies or that's whatever. That's true. Like, there's a company like, that the makes heck? those. It's just props. Very narrow market. Yeah. That's <laughs> just so funny to me. Utensils for giants. <laughs> well, so the ball's stuck. 
God. And she has to call in... Kaminsky. Kaminsky, who's played by Hector Elizondo, who is in all three of these. He is. Because he's the grandpa in Mother's Day. He's... No, in Valentine's Day. Sorry, in yeah. Valentine's Day. And then in Mother's Day, he's the assistant to Julia Roberts. Yep. And in this, he's Kaminsky. So they hired a Spanish descent <laughs> actor to pretend to be a Russian or at best Eastern European. Yeah. Polish, maybe. Hard maybe to Polish. Tell. Like, what? <laughs> as soon as he opened his mouth, I kind of just stopped listening and was like, wow. <laughs> like, it's not even a good impression. <laughs> I bet him and Gare were friends. Oh, they had to have been. Uh, but yes, because he's the only one that can fix the light situation, which they also allude to. He was fired. Did or I miss something. something in the movie? Like, well, did Hillary Swank fire him? No, earlier? no, someone else did, and she made sure she said that because that was someone almost else did it while she wasn't there. That was almost rewind number three for me, but I would have had to go back to the beginning, so that stopped me. Yeah, it didn't make sense because <laughs> I was like, did I miss her firing him? Because no. I thought it was going to be one of those things of like in the hustle and bustle. She fired him, not thinking about it, like a Les Mis kind of thing, where Jean Valjean fires the woman, you know, not thinking about it, Fantine. and then he, yes, and then finds out later and you know feels bad about it. I thought that was the story we were going yeah. with, yeah, but he no, kind of. He, <laughs> he was just, she was just fired, or he was fired by somebody else. He, you know, eventually is fixing the lights. While he's fixing the lights, what is she doing now? She's just kind of. Frantic. Frantic, running around, trying to get everything squared away. And uh, all the while, Robert De Niro is just dying on that hospital bed. She gives the speech that permeates the entire movie after You're that. You're right. Because she has to explain to everybody that the ball's stuck. And then she gives it a metaphor. Yeah, she gives it a great <laughs> metaphor of... I don't even remember what just she says. life, taking it slow, reflecting on all the decisions... And the the crowd was silent. Yeah, at this point. and I don't think that would ever be and this, that okay. quiet. It's New York; they'd all be pissed. It was right. silent, <laughs> and then when it cut to the um, view of her as if it was on the TV in uh, the square, yeah, in Times Square, and you could hear the echo. Like, there's no way that that's the only thing you hear. There's gonna be like, wah, wah, fuck you. <laughs> I'm walking here. Yeah, yeah. Hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stereotype New York. <laughs> there was none of that. Can't get tickets to Hamilton? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Everyone is so nice in this alternate reality. Yeah, this alternate New reality York. New York is insane. It's like, almost like in Atlanta, where for some reason it's completely white. Yeah, there's no, no traffic. There's no traffic. Not a black person in sight. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> Yeah, Gary it's Marshall just, has a delusional idea. It's just idea. Halle Berry in the hospital that I noticed. No, yeah. No, you're right. No, well, common. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Touche. <laughs> he Skyped, and of course, you know, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to him in a second, because I, I want to point something out. But, like, seriously, what the heck? Um, Yeah, so, I yeah, she Luda. gives that speech to kind of, um, you know, rally everybody, and then... Eventually, Kaminsky uh, fixes the light bulb. <laughs> Kaminsky, <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because he fixed the light, she rewards him by putting him in charge of the she ball gives drop. Him a walkie-talkie. Yeah, and then she hugs Ludacris, being like, "Watch him like a hawk." 
and, uh, and then she's she like, I've got out. somewhere to go. Yeah. He's like, right, because Ludacris, <laughs> I forgot that Ludacris earlier had asked her if she was going to go see him. See him. She's like, I don't even know why I brought him up to you or told you about him or whatever. Yeah, Dropping which made hints. me think that's the first like you thought it was Josh. misdirect that it's Josh Dumal. And then when they're both running at the same time. Oh, yeah, because they pass each other. Yeah, and they stop and look at the clock. Oh, yeah, that was an F.U. Gary yeah. Marshall moment where it's they're like both right there. You're no they Dick Wolf, past. Gare. Yeah. You're no Dick Wolf. <laughs> Oh, man. I want to see Dick Wolf direct one of these movies. He should take I over don't. from Gary Marshall. Are you kidding me? The twists? But this, the turns? This, this, this type of movie need a sexual angle to it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why Sorry. not? Um, but yeah, so Hilary Swank gets to the hospital, and this is the big reveal of, oh, she's Robert De Niro's daughter. But I want to point out, how they film this is super awkward because it's Robert Dero's in the bed and Halle Berry, he's like talking to him for a little bit and says something along the lines of, I don't want to leave you alone. And the curtains are closed around the bed. And then you just hear a voice of Hilary Swank. He's not alone. <laughs> and she has to like draw back <laughs> all the curtains and she's just in the doorway. Just how that is filmed is so awkward. Why wouldn't she have just come in? What's well, the reveal? It's like it reminded me a lot of when Ludacris was in, introduced in the movie. He turns around. It's like a slow turnaround. It's like Luda. Is that who that is? I would love it if they had like a weird needle drop intro yeah. when it was Luda. Like, it was drop like, Luda. <laughs> get back. Get back. The yeah, and so they kind of have a heart to heart moment. Um, the whole like I'm sorry. We never I learned what Robert. Yeah, we don't know what Robert De Niro did. So it's one of those things of. I guess they just didn't want to get into specifics. But I was thinking the entire time that he was, we were cutting to Robert De Niro throughout the movie, that he, no one was going to come, and it was going to be him and Halle Berry's kind of thing. Uh, I was starting to wonder, like, what did he do to piss people off? The less. The more and more time that went on and they didn't reveal anything, it got worse in my head. I was like, oh, no, are we going to find out he's Jigsaw? <laughs> well, I guess it was him from Cape Fear. Oh, my gosh. Now. Survival. Surviving Cape Fear. They were just trying to make it relatable to everyone because everybody has issues with their aging dad. But not so much that if my one. dad... Like, if I had issues with my dad, but he was dying... He would have had to have done something super bad, like just absolutely unforgivable for me to not go to him, like be with him when he dies. Oh, that's why Hillary Swank was there. Well, I know, but they make it seem like she wasn't going to do it until the last minute. Yep. And which, by the way, Hillary Swank, in retrospect, this is terrible. You should have called off, called in. This is a family emergency. Someone will cover for you. Your dad's dying. Go spend time with him. <laughs> like, She's just now the VP. It's, uh, that just bothered me. But that... Because uh, Robert Dinger just wants to see the ball drop before he dies. So she wheels him upstairs. They sneak out and uh, to the roof where they can see the ball drop. Yeah. Because it is... Because it drops. It is. She didn't drop the ball. Well, this... This is referenced earlier in the movie. Robert De Niro says he picked the hospital that they're currently in because you could see the ball drop from the roof, which is weird. That's like a, it's like a weird thing to <laughs> <Big> <laughs> scout <hospital>. out. Yeah. 
It's almost like in another movie that's like an assassin's line. It's like, you know why I picked this yeah. hospital? Sightline from the roof. And then it's just like some weird twist of like gunfire going on. Yeah, it's like pros and cons or whatever on escape routes. <laughs> yeah. Has view of balls. So yeah, they <laughs> they go up there to watch the ball drop. Um it's this nice little touching moment. But then I had my terrible, terrible thought of the fact that he dies up there. We don't see this, but she <laughs> she has to wheel <laughs> dead Robert De Niro back downstairs and like get a nurse. <laughs> like, um, hey, he's dead. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, Picture that happening in the background of Halle Berry's Skype call. <laughs> <laughs> wheels in. Oh, that would have been incredible. <laughs> just like while she's having her heart to heart with me. her husband, it's just in the background, just them like trying she, to deal with She's like Robert. stumbling over the dead body. Yeah, I know. It's sweet, but he's <laughs> dead. <laughs> That's oh, literally as soon as the scene did it cut away, I was like, oh man, she's going to have to wheel him back downstairs. Did you even see the ball from that POV? I was having a hard time. Yeah, it was a it was a rough angle. Um, but you brought up Halle Berry in the Skype call because she gets off work and gets in a nice dress, which is the big the misdirect final misdirect that I was like, oh, it's gonna be Halle Berry, awesome. Uh, but nah, she got a man, and because in a Gary Marshall movie, there has to be someone that's serving overseas, and there has to be a Skype thing. Support you thought the it troops. was gonna be Ludacris. <laughs> is no, <her> man, <laughs> no, because we saw Ludacris at the police station. Or at the uh, ball dropping thing. They got me deployed downtown. <laughs> <laughs> it's ludicrous trying to fake like he's in Iraq. <laughs> uh, yeah, babe, I gotta go. He's like holding up wallpaper. Yeah. He's like, oh no, gunfire. Oh, I have to see you too. <laughs> but so it ends up being common though. Which is crazy. The rapper common. I love common. I love him, but I want to point this out. He's chasing down John Wick over there. I want to point out, oh, he kills it in John Wick, too. I hope he's in three. Um, but I wanted to point out that <laughs> in... <Please do. laughs> it's always Sometimes they don't always do this, but in movies where it's a Skype call like that over the, how they film it, is uh, sometimes they'll just film a legitimate Skype call. And uh, it seems more natural. This was clearly Common didn't even get invited to set. Common got to go to some warehouse where he just sat in front of a video camera and like read a teleprompter, just being like, "Oh hi, baby. Yeah, I miss you. You look lovely." Like it's he's so robotic, and it's clear as day that they're not, you know, on the same page. <laughs> but I do think that Halle Berry in this scene. This was the best acting in the whole movie. Because she's Halle Berry. She's got that Oscar. Actually, a lot of people in these movies have Oscars. Hillary Swank sucked. Well, yeah, she didn't do very well in this, no. But she's an <laughs> Oscar-winning actress. Yeah. <laughs> you do have to say that. I, I do have to say but it. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought Halle Berry, you know, this was the best scene of emotion in this movie. I was like, oh, that she is alone, and she does miss her baby. Oh yeah, it got you to yeah, I was like, feel Aw. the feels. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of really the last of the closing lines. We get a couple of like story wrap ups of everyone seeing the like happy, happy ever after scenes of everybody together. Um, did you also see 
because you know how I said they don't show them deal with Robert De Niro's dead body, but they do show her in the hospital sad, and then the nurse comes up and says, you want to know what we do on New Year's Eve? Yeah. Takes her to the newborn baby's room. It's all a metaphor, you know. One thing ends, another begins. Death, rebirth, New Year's Eve. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the old year is done, Mark. The new year is upon us. The old Pete is dead. The new Pete has begun. <laughs> the new Pete is the old Pete. It's just... <laughs> Got a shower so you're now. so you're not like T Swift. I just you, you can't come to the phone right now. No, because he's dead. I'm, Ooh, I've just always been dead. Do. Look what you. Mean. <laughs> um, that's that's the trick. Then just yeah, as uh, as we close out this movie though, I guess you guys turned it off, but it's a <laughs> closing credits. Yeah, <laughs> it's closing credits of uh, them at the part. Zac Efron and Michelle Pfeiffer at the party that they wanted to go to, and then it's. Ashton Kutcher and Leah Marie, or Leah Michelle, are... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Leah Marie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a reference I haven't made in forever. No one's going to get that, but... You um, can look her up on YouTube, maybe. No, I think... Take Me For a Ride is the name of her song. (laughs) Shout out. But uh, (laughs) they're at this party, and so obviously they got the other two tickets. And so it's the four of them at this, you know, New Year's Eve party, dancing it up, intercut with the most forced bloopers i've ever seen just like the rest of his movies but there's there's like two bloopers that are legitimate because it's like somebody just like falling you know what i mean it's like clearly a mess up or like someone walking into the scene by accident and then some of them are like it's a scene of jessica beale giving birth and it's the doctor lady and she's like oh i i I think it's what's this and she pulls out the blu-ray for valentine's day i'm not joking she pulls out the Blu-ray for Valentine's Day from Jessica Biel's vagina. <laughs> it was the weirdest magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know how this didn't get an R rating. It was dry. But she's not done. Because she's like, wait, what's this? Pulls out. It's just the regular DVD copy of Valentine's Day. What? Double feature, Valentine's Day. Twins. Not done. She goes back a third time. <laughs> it's the soundtrack. It's the screenplay <laughs> for Mother's Day. <laughs> 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 But yeah, that's that's gonna wrap up the movie. That's gross. <laughs> that's my thought of this movie too. May the best of JJ win. Okay, so I want to say this because me and Peter talked a little bit about this earlier today. Out of the three, let's talk about the Gary Marshall trilogy for a little bit here. Out of the three, I found this the least horrendous. But Peter pointed out to me that it might just be because I'm so broken at this point <laughs> by Gary Marshall that it's just, it's, this is just par for the course. And I'm just kind of like, okay, can't get any worse. I mean, because yeah. I, I think honestly, Mother's Day might be the, the least worst. The, you think Mother's Day is the best? Well, okay, best <laughs> is just, not, I don't want to use that word. So, so if on a failing scale, yeah, like we're, we're in the F territory. Yeah, everyone fails. Everyone's already failed. Yeah, you'd say Mother's Day is like closer to a D, but it's still an F. Yeah. While where would you put this one? I might put this one underneath. Like this might be the worst. You think this is the worst? Yeah. What about you, John? I actually was gonna say New Year's Eve best. Well, maybe because it's I could relate to the holiday the best. Maybe. Uh, and then I was going to put Valentine's Day second. Wow. And Mother's Day last. I think I'm going to go with that order, too. And I don't know why, but I, I, I think I just... 
Valentine's Day was rough, man. <laughs> it's a rough movie. These are all so rough. Uh, did you guys pull up some user reviews? Let's jump into some user reviews because um, a lot of people have opinions about this movie, and I was startled to find out how many people on Amazon love this movie. Yeah, I was a little upset. 52%, because it's 4.2 out of 5 stars, 52% of them are 5 stars. I've got a long one here that I can read through if you guys want to, while you're pulling up yours. This is a verif- verified purchase by Rebecca Benimoff. She bit off more than she could chew. I loved this movie. During, during a summer sadly lacking in much substantial material, mostly action slash shoot 'em up films this year, <laughs> I was thrilled to find a conglomeration of great actors and actresses with heartwarming stories. The perfect fit when stress, re- stress relief is called for. I laughed and giggled and shed a few tears too. Tears and laughter are both such healthy ways to unwind. <laughs> I loved all the subplots and the competition between the couples trying to win the first baby of the new year show the silliness of human nature with a twist at the end that backed up the speech Hillary Swank's character from a different subplot gave. I liked the tie-in there. I loved how Sarah Jessica Parker learned that she was more than just a mother. She found balance between being there for her daughter but learning to live her life again. I also loved how Halle Berry's character brought up brought poignancy to to those who have been separated during the holidays. Sniffle. <laughs> mm. Is that like is a, that how it uh, ended? Asterisk sniffle or no, like it's in parentheses. In, oh, parentheses, in parentheses sniffle. sniffle. No, there's a little bit more. I really enjoyed the twist involving Josh Duhamel's character and how the separated soulmates find each other. Robert De- Robert De Niro is excellent as always with. Catherine Heigl and her cohorts give me some good laugh-out-loud moments. I also liked that there were snapshots of other well-known actors and actresses. I do love a good ensemble cast. All in all, New Year's Eve was a wonderful movie experience. I say keep the tissues near for tender moments, but be ready for a good laugh, lighten the mood, and enjoy. Wow. That was like a a paper. Oh, yeah. This was life-changing for her. John, what do you people got? People found it helpful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a number at the bottom of the comment. Like so many. Oh, it was a, it was uh, it was ten. Ten. Wow. Uh, wow. wow. There you go. <laughs> I was just asked the question. Because <laughs> I, like, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, good one. I like the last two. Yeah. <laughs> John, what do you um, got? Mine is from iTunes. The title is to keep. So keep in mind, this whole review is in all caps. So okay. it's yelling at us. So go ahead. So, I loved it. I thought it was a really awesome movie. I see the bad review. All are sour pusses and some that don't clearly know anything about film or out of work actors laugh out loud. I give it five stars. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you got one? I have a couple. Uh, yeah, I have a couple too. I have uh, a bad, I have a couple bad ones too. This is from Alex Falcone. A deadly spore infects a group of forty-two New Yorkers, <laughs> forcing them to care about New Year's Eve more than seems reasonable. <laughs> one star. <laughs> <laughs> Strong start. Uh, a couple of the quick ones I found that were bad were absolutely awful. A champagne flute full of vomit. One star. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, there's one of uh, there was one that just didn't make sense. I'll have to look for it. I got one. It's, uh, Bart Motes. I am a lawyer in Miami. <laughs> this is a review. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it because I wanted to share my experience of watching this movie. My m- wife made me watch it. He goes on and <laughs> says says some things. Whoever was able to assemble this cast deserves some kind of award. A shame they were all squandered. Caveat, Sofia Vergara is amazing as usual. It's kind of like one of those yogurt places where you can get all kinds of toppings. Amazing toppings, but the yogurt is actually dog poo. Spoiler alert, <laughs> the dog poo is the movie. <laughs> one star. That man's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a review. <laughs> this, this is a review. John, you got one to fire? Uh, you go. This is a this one I laughed just because of this first line. The it's by Nikki F and she titles her review, It was eh, but one star. Another movie I watched just because Bon Jovi was in it. Is he in multiple movies? Like, is he in all these different movies that I just didn't realize? Yeah, I saw some people being like, this is my favorite Bon Jovi movie. (laughs) Like, I'm so confused. Are the other ones just like DVDs of his concert? (laughs) I don't know. I hope hope it is. And people like count that as a movie. (laughs) But the rest of you is, to my delight, I found Leah Michelle is in this as well. And I love her too. However, I'm not really a fan of sappy feel-good movies. And this was a sappy romantic feel-good movie. I was told it was a hilarious comedy. I'll admit, it gave me a couple laughs, which was nice, but otherwise, it was lame. I just am so thrown off by the an- another movie I watched because Bon Jovi was in it. <laughs> it's like, damn it, Bon Jovi, you got me again. Yeah, it's not David Bowie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I imagine if, like, that sounds like a review you would do for an, like, a well established actor. Just like uh, another movie I watched just because Daniel Day-Lewis was in it. Another movie I watched just because Mark Wahlberg was in it. John, what do you got? Uh, there, There's a lot lot to choose from. Yeah, there are a lot of reviews for this Including movie. Including one that with the title of it, Stunk Up My Living Room. <laughs> um, one that made me laugh there, just the title is Blows. And then the description is, this movie blows. <laughs> that was it. There's one that's like in all caps called... I hate ultraviolet digital copy. So <laughs> mad because ultraviolet digital copies are not eligible to redeem in my region. <laughs> All other movies, especially Disney ones, have had no problem with this. I have about four movies that came with UV that I can't redeem. Just put a digital copy to redeem in the movie and don't go fancy with bells and whistles. Just give us regular copy. One star. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two kind of like that that are weird and then we can wrap this Please up because these are really quick but they're just like sometimes people just just obviously just type this out and hit enter and don't even reread them because yeah. this is five stars verified purchase from Janice I like vet this his movie I like vet his movie have watched it many times five star I like vet V-E-T his H-I-S, movie. I have no idea what that means. The next one, though, Hmm. is titled Sister Watches Yearly. Verified purchase by Linda. Bought for sister because she wanted it. Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. Yep. 
Oh, man. So that's going to wrap up our look at the Gary Marshall trilogy. Yeah. I laugh that our stars look at star-studded duds <laughs> was really just three star-studded duds and then the Gary Marshall trilogy. That's what we should have really called this. Um, we haven't fully decided what we're going to tackle next, but uh, with this, we're bringing star-studded duds to a close. We might revisit it later. Um, it was a lot harder than I thought to find full ensemble cast movies, I guess is the way I should phrase it. Cause there aren't as many as I thought those just seem like things that I would have, that I thought there were a ton of, uh, but what a wild ride. Was there a, and this is kind of like going over a little bit in terms of time, but were there any particular movies this season that you guys hated the most? <laughs> oh, crash. So out of gun to your head, you have to watch a movie for eternity out of what oh. we watched from this season. What would you pick? Out of these. Out of out of these six movies that we have experienced. Uh, probably Ocean's Twelve. I guess that's <laughs> the easy answer, right? I mean, I I want to say that, but that movie is so long. Yeah, I guess I would do that one. Oceans. But if it's for the end of till the end of time, you know, length shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> I guess that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I you guys are gonna hate this. I'm I'm actually going to say grown ups because I think at a certain point my mind would snap and I would start thinking that movie's hilarious. Yeah, and then you just start like having fun with Rob Schneider's attractive daughters. Exactly. To help get you through the hard times. Exactly. I guess so. And more yeah. I was thinking Crash, but it's too heavy. Crash is too heavy, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. Crash. Oh, there's no way I could do Crash Returnity or any of the Gary Marshall trilogy. Yeah, no, those. Yeah, are those are immediately out. Yeah. Uh, well, that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at TMFT Podcast. Uh, you can write to us at TMFT Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, please rate and subscribe. Uh, until the next time, we'll <laughs> we'll let you know on Twitter uh, what our next season is going to be. Uh, until then, I'm Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship and John Girdler. Yeah. You guys have a good night. Sign off.